This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Monday, November 24, 2008. I'm Caleb Brown. The financial crisis, according to Cato Institute senior fellow Gerald P. O'Driscoll, might be the Grinch that stole Christmas. But, he says, instead of trying to appreciate the new financial world that this crisis will bring in terms of higher savings rates and slower consumption growth, Congress is trying to use the national credit card to get consumers to spend ever more. We spoke Friday. We're a consumption-driven economy. Consumption's traditionally somewhere around two-thirds, up to 70% of the economy. And people, ordinary individuals from uh, the working poor all the way up to the uh, formerly working well-off, such as uh, Wall Street uh, brokers and traders and analysts, have lost their job or are worried about losing their job. And they're also indebted. And for both reasons, they're deleveraging. And for both reasons, consumption is going down. You can see this in the fact that the only retailer that's doing well is Walmart, which is traditionally a lower middle class retailer. And uh, my wife reports that for a year now, she's noticed that uh, in front of the Walmart, she just keeps seeing more and more Lexus and and Mercedes and Cadillacs parked so that for, you know, formerly uh, high-ender, higher-end consumers are, are trading down and people are just cutting back. So I would say that I think now everybody knows that uh, the financial crisis is going to be the Grinch that stole Christmas this year. What about the effect on typically low-wage earners in the United States, particularly immigrants? Yes, it's uh, – well, some immigrants were doing fairly well, and that's why some immigrants were, were some of the people who uh, were enticed into these subprime mortgages and, and, and bought homes. And I mean, it's a sort of double or triple tragedy because – First of all, they thought they had the American dream, and they lost their job. They were often construction workers. They lost their job, and they lost their house, and now their family back at home, if they're, say, Mexican, but other immigrant groups do the same thing, depend on remittances from the, their relatives who worked in the United States. Uh, the first effect in, uh, in some of the Western cities, Western states, that they were brought, uh, caught up in this subprime mortgage boom-bust was that construction workers lost their jobs in construction, which were relatively high paying. Uh, where I live, entry-level construction jobs were paying $19 an hour, pretty good for an immigrant. And uh, they lose that job, and then they go into uh, retail, a much lower wage industry, and now they're going to face losing their jobs in retail. So even if they still have a job, they're not sending the remittances back home. Maybe they've already lost the house. Maybe soon they'll lose their job. That's just you know, a kind of cross-section of the population, but it's equally true without the remittance story for native-born low-wage workers in the United States. And of course, at the high end, the financial services workers were typically higher than average wages, and they're losing their jobs. And it cascades through the economy, but it all hits consumption. As you point out, consumers are trying to deleverage now. How does that express itself in terms of people who would like to other would otherwise like to spend money this holiday season. Well, yes, ordinarily these stimulus checks are dubious policy anyway because uh, only maybe thirty percent is actually spent, and in times like this, I would bet the percentage is going to be lower because people are going to take any kind of stimulus check and simply pay down their debt if they're indebted and if they're not to save. And so, while in the long run this is part of a transition to a higher savings rate by the population. In the near term, uh, it means you won't even get the little effect you used to get out of stimulus checks. 
And it's really a, a poor strategy. And now that the election is over, I would hope that Congress would stop doing things just because they're popular and, and, and you know, it's maybe politically good thing and actually try to think about ways that they can help the economy. And it seems to me the Democrats have as much reason to want to help the economy as Republicans. It seems to me a nonpartisan issue. Stimulus. When they say stimulus, it's not to stimulate saving. It's to no, stimulate right. spending. Right. The kind of spending we need now, what we want to do is translate people's increased desire to save into increased investment, domestic investment, investing in things, producing things for domestic consumption, which will be less, and for foreign consumption, which means exports, which is good. It addresses other issues like the trade balance that worries people. So the kind of policy we take to do that would be to cut marginal tax rates on investment. Um, and, uh, and that would be the right kind of stimulus, the kind of stimulus that corresponds to what the new economy will look like, which is a much less consumption-driven economy, a higher savings rate, and therefore the ability uh, to produce more goods and services in the United States for here and abroad. You describe this as a decade of lost capital accumulation. What what tells you that? Well, I mean, just common sense. Uh, uh, go to the stock market evaluations. Uh, if you punch in the close on, uh, well, until a week ago, if you punched in the closing price, say the Dow Jones Industrial Average on any given day and then punched it in for 10 years before, they were within a few hundred points of each other for, you know, depending on the day, a little bit higher, a little bit lower, but basically the same. Now, of course, we've fallen below uh, the 10 year ago average. And, and that is simply the market's best estimate of the value of the companies, the major companies in our economy. And it's saying that they're valued no higher than they were 10 years ago. So all of their capital accumulation in the aggregate has been lost in terms of value and in terms of fact, because a lot of, of financial capital was invested in housing that we now realize there was too much of it built, especially in certain parts of the country. And uh, that's capital accumulation that could have been gone into, again, to producing goods and services for consumption here and abroad. And instead, some portion of it was wasted on housing and all of the industries that are related to housing. And, and just to finally follow up and return to your question, which was to me the bottom line, we, we should not be crafting policies to attempt to go back to where the economy was three years ago, because first of all, we can't do it. And, and, and so in the process, we'll be slowing the adjustment. And there's nothing wrong, there's nothing unhealthy. In fact, it's, it's more a traditional American economy to be a productive economy, to be, have a reasonable savings rate, and to be exporting goods abroad. Gerald P. O'Driscoll is a senior fellow at the Cato Institute. This is the Cato Daily Podcast. You can read more on the financial crisis, the Fed, and those multiple bailouts at Cato.org.